Welcome to the Beautiful Butterfly Show, where everyday people come together. The Beautiful Butterfly takes pride in bringing you great guests, great artists, and a great platform. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope that you enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. I want to say happy Tuesday to you guys out there. Hope you had a phenomenal weekend. I know it was uh, Easter weekend for all those who celebrated. So lots of people stacked up on those eggs and so forth. And so hope you had a great weekend, nevertheless, you guys, and hope you are in store for another um, dynamic guest and another dynamic show this evening. Um, but first, as you guys know, uh, the Beautiful Butterfly Radio Show is brought to you by YRN 1328. That means that you're being able to be heard all over the world, you guys. And so I'm excited. Um, tonight we have a special guest coming on here, you guys. We have author Ebony Cannon, and she's going to be coming on, you guys. We're going to be talking about her book, Left for Dead. And this is not just any book. This was and is her reality. And so she's going to come on here and tell us about her um, survival story. Um, and I'm telling you guys, when you hear her story, yes, your mouth will drop. You might even share some tears because I did as well. And so, uh, but you guys are out there listening. Uh, make sure you share the show, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Let everybody know uh, that Ebony is going to be on the show tonight over here on the Beautiful Butterfly Radio Show. And if you're out there and at any time you have a question or comment uh, for Ebony, all you have to do is call in the number 347-326-9139 and press 1, and we're happy to bring you on the line. And so, But we're not going to delay any further, you guys. We're going to bring uh, the lady of the hour on here. Ebony, you there? How are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I am absolutely great. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Definitely welcome to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Thank you so much for joining me this evening. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to tell my story. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Of course, uh, for the folks who may not know, uh, I will tell you guys a, a little backdrop to how I came about um, learning about who uh, Ebony is. And I was actually um, on Instagram, and I came across um, her story. I can't remember the person who shared it, uh, but I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, And I had to find out, like, is this real? Because it's, it's almost one of those things that you would imagine happens in a movie or, you know, something you've never seen. So when I found out that this actually uh, had taken place with a woman and she had survived through it all, I said I have to have her on this format. I have to have her on here to share uh, this amazing, amazing story. And so, Ebony, for the folks out there um, who don't know who you are, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, my name is uh, Ebony Canyon. Um, I'm actually from Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I'm 40 years old. Um, I'm a widow of uh, four children, four beautiful children. Um, I'm mm-hmm. an author, um, and I am a survivor. Yeah, awesome, awesome. And so, of course, for you, uh, in, in this book, uh, the title of your book being uh, Left for Dead, and so let, let's start from the beginning on uh, what led eventually to the writing of this story. So take us to that moment that um, everything for you uh, really took a, a huge change um, in your life. Uh, well, um, I've been through a, a lot in my life, um, Harry, which my book right. about my entire life. Um, mm-hmm. At a very young age, at the age of nine, I was actually uh, molested. Uh, at the age right. of 14, I was raped. Um, at the age of 22, I actually lost my, I was married, and I lost my husband um, in a car accident a year after we was married. Wow. Um, wow. Then after that, I was looking for love in, in all the wrong places, and I ended myself up in a, in a domestic violence relationship. Um, yeah. Fast forward uh, years later after that, um, it was my birthday. Uh, my birthday is actually July 3rd. It was my birthday weekend. Um, and okay. I know this weekend I was going to need the strength that it that it took me to get all the other situations over the other situations. I was going to need it to make it through the situation that was to come this night. Um, the night that I'm speaking about, um, like I said, it was um, June 30th, um, 2012. Um, we decided to go out and celebrate my birthday. Um, I was actually with my sister and um, two of my cousins. Uh, we went out, you know, we had a good time, and we ended up getting right. back to my sister's house maybe at about uh, about 2, two o'clock in the morning, 2.30 in the morning. And, mm-hmm. you know, we were getting ready to go to sleep. Everybody was tired, you know, so at this time we were ready to go to sleep. Um, but when right. we got to my sister's house, um, there was a car in the driveway, and we weren't expecting anybody because, like I said, you know, everybody was getting ready to turn it in. Um, and we proceeded to, well, actually my cousin was driving, so she, you know, she blew the horn, asking the car to get out of the driveway. Um, right. Actually, the car refused to get out of the driveway. Um, so, you know, of course, someone yelled out the window, you know, get out of the driveway. You know, everybody's upset, you know, at this time. Um, but they refused to get out of the driveway, so we ended up um, parking down to my grandma's house. She just so happens to live a couple doors down from my sister's house. So we ended up parking in my grandmother's driveway, and we proceeded to walk down the street. Um, mm-hmm. to my sister's house. And uh, once we got down there, uh, we realized there was five females in the car. And my sister realized that she had actually gotten into an altercation with one of the females uh, prior to this night. Uh, and right. right then and there, you know, I, I knew it was going to be trouble. Um, but 
words were exchanged again, and like I said, she was upset, and they ended up um, not leaving the drive. I mean, not leaving the street, but they got out of the driveway and backing into mm-hmm. a driveway directly across the street where my sister lives at. So they get out right. of the car. Um, uh, they words were exchanged again. I'm trying to keep the peace because I see this getting ready to get crazy. And as I'm right. trying to keep the peace, one of the female decides that she wants to fight. Uh, she ended up hitting me in my face, and I did defend myself. Um, altercation mm-hmm. broke out um, between myself and the females and a couple of my cousins, you know, and, and females. There were five of them or four of us. Uh, my nephew came out of the house. He broke the fight up. Um, we're thinking everything is over with. Um, I'm directly across the street because they get in their cars, you know, so we're thinking everything is over with. I'm directly across the street from where they park, parked at, and I hear their car start up. I see the headlights come on. I'm thinking, you know, they're leaving because, like I said, everything was over with. They had the option of either going right or left, and instead of doing that, they ended up coming and hitting me head on. Um, mm-hmm. You know, of course, at this point, my family has told me what happened. Um, but my body was up under the car, folded up. They said the car was barely going. Um, the only reason they even knew I got hit because it happened so fast is because they saw a blood trail uh, going up the street. Wow. My nephew, oh, yeah, my auntie's under the car, my auntie's under the car. Um, they said the car mm. was smoking. It was barely going. And once they turned mm. the corner, um, my lifeless body was, was released from up under the car, and um, I was left for dead. Um, I ended up in the hospital for four months. Um, I was in a coma for two months. Um, I, I suffered several injuries. Just to give you an idea how far I came, um, I had a broken leg, uh, broken pelvis, dislocated spine, collapsed lungs, seven broken ribs. Uh, my entire back was ripped off through the road burn, uh, missing wow. teeth. My tongue was nearly severed. Um, but when I came mm. out of the coma, they was they told my my well first they told my family that I may not live. And then once I came out mm-hmm. of the coma. Um, I couldn't feel from my neck down, but by the grace of God, I'm not walking uh, with the aid of a cane and leg braces, and I'm I'm still here to, to tell my story, so I'm, I'm blessed. Wow. wow, yes. And, and, and take us back to um, the, the time that, you know, all of this occurred, and so for you, um, and a lot of people, and I'm pretty sure uh, you, you're talking to people all across the world, a lot of people have asked you probably, how did you maintain your faith, you know, during that time period? You know, you're thinking like, okay, I, I've been through all of this stuff, you know, already in my past, growing up mm-hmm. and so forth, and now I'm here uh, and I'm dealing with this situation. How did you maintain and keep your faith uh, with God during that time period um, after this happened? It was hard. It was definitely hard. You know, like you said, I couldn't yeah. understand. Like you said, I, I'd been through so much, and it was kind of like, God, are you right. serious? Like, right. Know, are you right. put this? like, come on, God. <laughs> like, are you doing this to me right now? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It was a yeah. struggle. But I, I sat there yeah. in the hospital bed, and, and I said, you know, I, why me, why me? Then I had to think, why not me? You know, there's something, there's got mm. to be something behind this. Right now I don't understand, but there has to be absolutely something behind this. And then I decided right. to share my story, and I realized what my something behind it was, you know, was to, to help other people. I, I also knew that, you know, during whatever we go through, I had to remember that God was with you through that. He was with you through that. He was with you through that. So he's with you through this. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I just kind of held to my faith. It was the only only thing that, that helped me make it through my faith and my children. So it was kind of like the only thing I had. So I, I mm-hmm. held on to it tight, and I'm, I'm where I'm mm-hmm. at now. 
Wow. And, and during that time, um, and, and let's go back even a bit when, when things happened in the earlier stages as far as um, being molested and being raped um, and, and going through the tragedy of losing a spouse, um, after that point, do you think that, like you said, you were searching for love in the wrong places, but did you blame yourself? you know, for these things happening to you. A lot of times people, you know, experience these life events, and sometimes we blame ourselves and we think, well, if I would have did this or did that, maybe this wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. So at any moment, you know, did you blame yourself, you know, for some of the events that occurred? I did. I did. I definitely yeah. uh, blamed myself for a while. It, I actually stopped yeah. blaming myself um, probably after I got hit by the car. I, wow. I stopped blaming myself. Wow. Yeah, it was for mm-hmm. years that I blamed myself, trying to just get some type of understanding. Well, maybe if you wouldn't have did this, maybe if you maybe you mm-hmm. wasn't in that place at this time. And mm-hmm. I had to realize, just as, as me getting hit by uh, by the car, it wasn't my fault. You know, everybody is responsible for their own actions. You know what I'm saying? So I had to right. realize that I'm responsible for me, and I did nothing to deserve what happened to me. So I, right. I was able to let go of, of all of it. A lot of healing right. came Absolutely. after I um, after I was hit by the car. A lot of healing came. I hadn't even yeah. actually even mourned my husband until after I was hit by the car. I thought I was grieving, but after I was hit by the car, wow. I had a whole other set of eyes and ears, and my thought mm-hmm. process was totally different. So it was kind of a right. wake-up call on everything. Wow. And, and going back to being in a domestic violence relationship, um, a lot of times people always have their, their thought process of, of of women whom are in those type of situations. And so for you, uh, what do you believe um, are some things that you learned, you know, by being in a domestic violence relationship? Uh, I'll say one of the things that I learned, I was always the person who, who would say, that could never be me. I would never stay. Yeah. I Right. I said, why is she still in it? You know, I was that person. And then I ended up in that situation. And I had to, to realize as I judged someone else, I had no idea, you know, why they stayed or their reason behind staying. And one of my reasons behind staying um, was the financial situation. And then I thought they yeah. were going to change. You know, we think that people are going to change. This is just a one-time situation. We we always think that, you know, but I realized that and the thing that I learned is that most of the time people don't change while you're in it. Sometimes people get help afterwards, but most of the time right. while you're in it, you know, things are just going to get worse. So, you know, that was mm-hmm. one of the things that I learned and, and just not to judge people, you know, there's a reason behind why everybody does everything. So I learned not to right. judge people in that situation. Right, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, what I want to do is I want to take a short break, but when we come back, I do want to talk about when was that moment that you learned that you were in a domestic violence situation? Because some women, you know, sometimes we get in these relationships and we're not even aware, you know, that that we're in these type of situations. So we're going to talk about that with more, you guys, when we come back with more Ebony Canyon right here on The Beautiful Butterfly Show. Hey everyone, it's me, Lisa, from the Conversations with Trent show, featuring, you guessed it, me. Be sure to tune in Friday nights, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, as we strive to guide you to greater authentic living, right here on your radio network's YRN 1328. 
And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. And we are on with Ebony Kenyon. And we're discussing her book entitled Left for Dead, you guys. And so if you're out there, uh, you got a question or a comment for her, feel free to call in. The number is 347-326-9139 is the number. And all you have to do is press the 1. And, uh, of course, Ebony, before the break, I was asking you, um, how did you know? When was that moment that you discovered that Ebony was definitely in a unhealthy relationship. Uh, I'll have to say um, it was probably after. The crazy thing is, like, it was like after probably like the fourth time. You know, like I said, wow. we're in denial the yeah. first. Yeah, we're in denial the first time, first couple times, and we're going to be thinking it's going to going to change. So I guess it probably was when the repeated when the cycle kept repeating itself. That you know, mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. I'm I'm doing what my mom did basically because I, I watched my mom. Yeah. And I realized I was okay. in the same situation. Right, right. And, and going through those relationships, uh, and I've had other women who have been in domestic violence situation, and oftentimes people talk about, you know, not always getting out immediately. You know, you especially if you talk to girlfriends or family, they're saying, girl, you should, you know, you should deal with that, you know, leave them and so forth, and a lot of them always say it's not that easy. And so did you find that to be the same case for you as well, like it just wasn't easy to just walk away? Absolutely. Um, it was. Yeah. I, I guess it's most of the domestic violence situations are literally a case of love is blind. You know, you, you yeah. really think that yeah. it's love, I'm in love, and I believe you want to believe so much in people, believe in the, in the greater and the goodness in them. And I think that's what happens right. a lot in, in domestic violence situations. You just want to believe the – you want to find the person you fell in love with, and you want that person to right. come back so bad that you, you know, you put up right. with so much. You put up with so right. much, and, and that, that was my situation. Absolutely. 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 And we do have a, um, a question from Diana from Louisiana, and she wants to know um, if the – female who hit you was caught and were charges brought up against them? Well, <laughs> I'm in Ohio, um, and the situation happened yeah. in Ohio. Um, she actually fled to Florida um, after running me wow. over. Um, yeah, they, they actually ended up apprehending her while I was in a coma. Like I said, I was in a coma for two months. Um, but they apprehended yeah, her yeah. from Florida, and they brought her back to Ohio to face charges. Um, she faced... Um, aggravated vehicular assault, and uh, she ended up getting five years probation. Um, I remember oh being in the courtroom when she got the five years probation, and, and I cried, and on the other side was her family cheering, and my son was over there crying with me, and um, I was mm-hmm. wheeled out of the courtroom. At the time, I was sitting in a wheelchair, and I was wheeled out of the courtroom, mm-hmm. and I was crying, and my oldest son, at the time, he was probably about 18, he leaned down to me, and he said, uh, Mom, what are you crying for? Don't we know God? And I took that, mm. that <laughs> you know, our kids tend to speak wow. back when we give them. Yeah, he fed me back my own advice, and I took that moment. Yeah. And I haven't cried about it since. I took all my bitterness, my anger about the sentence, and I used it to fight the walk again. So that's why I'm where yeah. I'm at. I think we always have to learn to, to take our, our emotions and, and gear them towards the right things, and, and that's what I did. Wow, yes. Yeah, you, you, you definitely um, have an amazing spirit. Because I'm just thinking, like, oh, my gosh, I would have been like, okay, I'm going to burn the courtroom down. <laughs> it's going to be, it's gonna thought, be some rearrangements going on in the courtroom. And, and I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure, like, people's emotions and so forth, like, yeah. oh, my gosh. Like, 
and it, it yeah, is amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my sister, she she kind of said it best. She you know she said, um, if, if it had to take for Ebony to be murdered in order for us to get um a jail sentence for her, then we'll take what we have. We'll take her alive in the situation right. that she's in. Yeah. And like you said, you know, God has the final say so on everything. He's the the, the ultimate right. judge. So you know, at the end of the day, I right. just the crazy thing. I don't I want I don't want to say the crazy thing, but the thing is, is that. I actually pray for her. I pray that she finds the God that I know because I know by her doing what she did to me, she couldn't have known him. So, you know, I've forgiven her, and and, and, and then thing with forgiveness is that we tend to hold on to things that people do to us for so mm-hmm. long, for so long. And that person right. has gone on and lived their life while we're sitting right. holding on, you know, to, to yeah. the things that have happened yeah. to us. So, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I forgave her for myself more than her. Right, right. Wow. And so, at any time, um, did she ever apologize or try to get in contact with you to apologize for her actions? Uh, there was there was actually uh, no remorse. There was in the courtroom right before sentencing. Um, the judge said, "Do you have anything to say?" And she looked back at me with the nastiest attitude. She just kind of spent around maybe for about two seconds and said, "I apologize," and turned back to the judge. Wow. And I was just like, "Wow." You know, I just I, I couldn't believe it. You know, like really? Yeah. You know, of course, you know, it made my family upset. You know, it was it was it was a yeah. bunch of emotions during this whole process. Yeah, I, right. that was my apology. That was the only apology that I got from her was the the nasty apology. Oh goodness. Yeah. See, everybody can learn a lot from you, Ebony, including myself, because I'm just thinking <laughs> like, oh my gosh, like. <laughs> <laughs> like I would have, I would have been like, oh, they would have been like, okay, she's in a wheelchair, but she's moving awfully fast. So I think I would have probably tried to get to her <laughs> really, really quick and, and and do some things. And so, but yeah. it, you know, it is it is amazing, and I and I do love what your sister was saying. You know, it, it's rather for you to be alive, you know, than to you know them have to bury you and, and your son, you know, lose his mom you know, for justice to be served, you know. And right. So, and, and the thing about it is that when we look at the way, you know, just the things are handled um, in this country when it comes to very extreme cases like yours, I mean, do you, mm-hmm. do you believe that the justice system literally even cares, you know, if, if people, you know, get the consequences that they deserve? I learned the hard way, you know, uh, when I look back at uh, maybe some things that friends have done and they're in jail for seven years, you know, minor things, you know, seven, ten years, you know, for minor things. And it's kind of like this lady literally almost killed me and got five years probation. So it makes you look at the justice center system totally, totally different. It's just like, wow, you know, it's unbelievable. It's totally unbelievable. Absolutely, absolutely. And Karen uh, from from Del- Delaware, uh, she wants to know, uh, did you know the woman? Like, did you ever know her, like, personally? I did not. I Actually, I never met her a day in my life. I never met her a day in my life. Um, like I was saying, my sister knew another female that was in the car, but not the driver. She had gotten to altercation with another female. Right, not the driver. Okay. So it had nothing to do with her or me, and she took it upon herself, you know, to, to do what she did. Wow. 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 And, and, and you know, that's the thing. Um, and, and just 
seeing the case of of the um, man today who was captured um, from from mm-hmm. killing um, the older gentleman this week uh, on Facebook, and just seeing um, how much hurt anger um, resides inside of people, you know, and we never yeah. know uh, what's going on individually going on with with different people that we come across daily and I know for you you're always out here uh you know sharing your story and to encourage um folks out here um on their own journey who have may been through these particular situations and so um of course uh for you during this process um I've seen videos um of your son um helping his mom to to really walk again and 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 get yourself going and so what was that feeling like? What was that feeling like to have your child um be able to help you um through this journey it's It's an amazing feeling um they actually uh yeah. my, my insurance stopped paying for my therapy um so we had to do what we had to do, you know. I, I wasn't done yeah. with my recovery, yeah. and I'm still not done. So he was kind of like, you know, Mom, let's let's get out here. And, and he, held, he held his hands out and, you know, made sure I didn't fall. And he was only 11 years old at the time. So it's, it's kind of right. I remember myself teaching him how to walk, and here he is teaching me mm-hmm. how to walk, you know. So right. It was, it was just right. a dumb feeling, just, just a blessing to have children that care enough. You know, he could have been trying to go play and, you know, do all kinds of play the video games and things, but instead right. it was on his mind to help his mom get back on her feet. And to this day, he's still he's still helping me. So it's a wonderful right. feeling to have children that support you and want to see you do better. Right, absolutely. And um, Jeffrey from Atlanta um, uh, wanted to know: uh, going back to your marriage and, and losing your husband. Um, what was that feeling like? Jeffrey says he lost his wife uh, four years after their marriage and found mm-hmm. it very difficult, you know, to get through that process. So how did you uh, begin? And I know you mentioned that um, after the accident is when you really, you know, felt the motion of, of him being gone um, hit you. And so how did you handle that, um, dealing with that emotion and then also dealing with, you know, the, the incident that happened? Uh, well, you know, when you get married, you you never think till death do you part is going to be soon. You know, you you figure that it's we're going to grow old together. You know, we're going to have this life together. So when it happens, it's it's an over it's such an overwhelming feeling. Um, I right. myself, I I went the wrong way. Either you're gonna you know you're gonna steer the right way or you're gonna steer the wrong way. And I steered the wrong way for so right. long. I was numbing myself with alcohol. So I felt into wow. alcoholism really bad. You know, that's why I said after I got wow. hit by the car, that's when I got, you know, I got myself together. But we tend to numb mm-hmm. ourselves with, 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 whether it's people, places, or things. We tend to try to numb ourselves, you know, because it's, mm-hmm. it's such a, a feeling. It's just unexplainable. Um, right. But I began to pray, 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 pray. After I was hit by the car, I prayed and I just asked for, you know, some type of healing. And I started to hold on to the memories that we had. That's one thing that you absolutely have to hold on to the memories. Because we're always left with something, you know, after someone passed. And I think the biggest thing is those memories, just reflecting back on the great times that you shared together. Um, And then also just knowing that that person wouldn't want you depressed. They wouldn't want you down. They wouldn't want you, you know, in in those type of moods. So you have to think about that they would want the best for you. So I kind of you know, started to live off of that. You know, he would want to see me walk again. Mm-hmm. He would want to see me do this. Right. And he would want me to put somebody else through. 
So I, I would right. definitely say just just hold on to those memories and remember that they will want to see you do better. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, of course, uh, with you, uh, because we also have um, a lot of uh, people and, and youth in general who have been through uh, molestation and rape um, as as young youth and so forth. And so for you, do you think that having that happen to you at such a young age made you grow up faster uh, than you than you should have? It absolutely did. Yeah, it absolutely did. Yeah. Um, being raped and molested caused me to be uh, promiscuous. I thought that, you know, this is what I need to give yeah. to a man in order to keep him. Mm-hmm. I thought that, you know, this right. is my ticket you know, to, to keep the man. So it caused me to be very, very promiscuous um, and, and to grow up really fast. I actually uh, lost my virginity uh, at the age of 13. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, it has a huge effect on you, a very huge effect on you. I actually didn't even tell about being molested um, until I was 20, 22 years old, 23 years old. I, I didn't tell. Wow. I, I ended up telling my mother. Yeah, I ended up telling my mother. And when I told my mother, I found out that my sister was being molested by the exact same person at the same time. Wow. So yeah, wow. it's it, it, yeah, it's crazy. I always tell the the children nowadays, you know, speak up. It's your body. Nobody mm-hmm. is allowed to touch you. You know, speak up, speak up. If you feel, right. even if you you think you may be wrong, if you feel like you're being violated, tell, tell, because nobody mm-hmm. deserves to take mm-hmm. that from you. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and the thing about it is that, um, and, and what you mentioned is especially true about, you know, say something because you have so many people, um, you know, like yourself who when they get older, you know, they have come to that point in their life where they feel like, okay, this is something that I need to share and this is something that I need to say. And, you know, oftentimes, especially um, in, in black families, you know, we have this, you know, don't tell, you know, what goes on, you know, in the house and and, and, and mm-hmm. keep everything a secret of some things that happen. And sometimes that becomes generational where it happens mm-hmm. to several people. You know, like you mentioned, it was going on with your sister, but you had no idea because neither one of you guys talked about it, you know, or, right. you know, told anyone. And so, you know, being out here, and, and do you think that in the times that, you know, we see our teenagers growing up in, do you believe that they're in a time where things are making them, uh, you know, very, uh, you know, very, I guess, getting out here and trying to discover what things about? So do you think there's a lot more temptation uh, for teenagers out here now versus when you were growing up? Absolutely, there definitely is. Um, There's so many different avenues for for children to watch certain things on TV and get curious about it. You know, whether it's the Internet or TV, you know, if the kids didn't know about it, once they see it, they're they're curious about it. You know, we try to shelter our kids from certain things, but there's so much access to so many things nowadays that it's it's pushing them out there and and they're getting curious. So I I try my best to talk to my, my, because I have teenagers, so I try my best to talk to them and you know, I'm your mom first, but you can talk to me about anything. So, you know, I always tell parents, you know, speak to your children. Mm-hmm. Let them know that they have that open door to talk to you so they don't have to go out in the streets to, to find out things or on the Internet to find out things. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And let's see here. Um, Ashley, 
uh, from Connecticut. She wanted to know how do you, um, being a domestic violence survivor, how do you have those type of conversations with your children about that? Um, So what advice, you know, can she um, talk to her children or give her children about, you know, being in a domestic violence situation? Because now, you know, we we are discovering that teenagers, teenagers are being in mm-hmm. domestic violence situations, and uh, which has increased uh, over the years. And so, a lot of parents don't even have any knowledge of that. So, you know, how should parents go about having those type of conversations with their teenagers? Uh, well, I always tell uh, my, my daughter and my son that, you know, you're great, you're born great, you deserve the best. You know, you're a king and you're a queen. And there are different types of abuse, whether it's the way someone's talking to you. You know, there's verbal abuse. Right. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to accept that. You know, if someone is putting their hands on, you know, when, when children grow up, when they're young, if a boy hits a girl, you know, that, that he, he likes you, you know, and he just likes you. That's why he's hitting you, you know, and you tend to mm-hmm. teach your children mm-hmm. that. And when get older, that kind of sinks in their system. Well, he's hitting me because he loves me, you know, and you have to let your children know that's not the case at all. Love does not hurt in no way, shape, form or fashion. It doesn't hurt, you know. Right. Of course, sometimes, right. sometimes we're hurt by the people who love us, but it's not a physical harm. It's not, you know, to your, you know what I'm trying to say? So I just right, try, to, right. try to let my children know that you deserve the best in every single situation, no matter what. You don't deserve to be talked to wrong. You don't deserve to be treated wrong. Nobody should ever put their hands on you. I don't care, you know. Well, he just slapped me. No, no, no. It's like leave immediately, you know. So mm-hmm, I just try to mm-hmm. steer my, my children that way and let them know that, that love is something that it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. Absolutely, absolutely true, and, and it's so true, you know, because we we remember, you know, on the playground and, and that boy, you know, <laughs> pushing you, you know, he might have mm-hmm. pushed you off the swing or, you know, pushed you off the sliding board, and mm-hmm. you know, oh, like he really likes you, and so then, like you said, we 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 grow into grown women, and we we think that yes. you know those pushes or those quote-unquote love taps are signs of love and affection, and, and a lot of times exactly. they're not. You know, they're, they're right. signs of control and power and, and wanting to be, you know, possessive, you know, and, and all of these things. And so um, for you, um, in, in dealing with a, the domestic violence situation, we talked about, the, you know, the forgiveness um, of the, the young lady who, uh, ran you over, but when it comes to being a, in that domestic violence situation, how did you learn to forgive that individual? Uh, well, actually, we're, we're good friends now. Um, after I was hit by the car, he came to me and he wow. said, you know, Ebony, I, I, yeah, he said, Ebony, I apologize for what I did to you. I'm, I'm sorry for hurting you. You know, he just came out of the blue and he, he apologized, you know, and we're, we're great wow. friends. He's actually married now. He's in a, you know, a, a marriage, a, a great relationship. And we're good friends. We talk every day. We co-parent great. And, wow. You know, I, I, yeah, I've forgiven him. I've forgiven him. Wow. And he's forgiven himself. He's forgiven himself. So, you know, that's 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 wow. important. Absolutely. Wow. Ebony, you have you have one of the most amazing <laughs> stories. Like, I mean, absolutely <laughs> incredible. Like, it's it's, it's just mind blowing because people, you know, I, I think people look at you know, these type of situations and they think like, oh, I know, I know she's angry and I know she's upset and, you know, yeah. all these different, you know, emotions that people feel. But, you know, talking to you is actually quite the opposite, and which I can tell. I can tell from her photo 
shows. Let me tell you guys, Ebony might have been through some things, but she's still a diva. You know, she she rocks it and <laughs> she still gets out there. And, well, thank you. you know, it's it's a yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing to, you know, see that energy um, and, and you getting out there. And so do you think that having all of this occur, this has, um, and I know you said it definitely changed your perspective, but do you think it has um, kind of rebirthed a, a new life, a new journey inside of you? Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm totally yeah. different. Um, this situation, it changed me for the better. At first, you know, it kind of took me for a swing for the worse. Um, but it changed me yeah. for the better. I'm I'm a better mother. I'm a better sister. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm just a better person in general. I I, I learned to appreciate yeah. small things in life, smallest things in life. Yeah. You know, I appreciate them. I just and and I just love everybody. <laughs> I love everybody. <laughs> I, I just yeah. I'm I'm just happy. There's so much joy. I think once you almost lose your life, you learn to appreciate it yeah. so much more. And I always tell people, Absolutely. don't let it come to that for you to appreciate your life. Absolutely. Take my story, Absolutely. take what I've been through, and appreciate what you have, who you have in your life, Absolutely. what you can do. You know, just appreciate Absolutely. everything because life is a blessing. Absolutely. No matter what you're going through, you have to find the best in the situation because there's always something good in it. There's always something good in it. And I just tell people, just love life, no matter what life you have, no matter what you look like. Love yourself. It's okay. It's okay. Absolutely. 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 And, of course, you know, going around it and talking um, to people um, about this amazing book, what, what, what is the, the most um, or the, the key thing that you want people to take away from hearing about your story? Ah. <sighs> I guess I'll say that the key thing is is just to never give up. Never, yeah. ever give up. Life is going to happen. Storms are going to come. That's one thing for sure. The storm is coming. You know, <laughs> the weather for sure right. is predicting the storm. It might be a year from now, you know, a month from now, but a storm is going to come. And it's not, you know, the storm that comes. It's how you deal with it, you know, while you're in the storm. So I just want people just mm-hmm. to, to watch and see that it's possible to still to still smile while you're in the storm because I'm I'm still struggling big time with a lot of things in life, but I don't let those yeah. things get to me. When I say a lot of things. I mean like financially. I mean like uh, physically with my walking, you know, things like that. But mm-hmm. I smile mm-hmm. because I know for sure that God did not keep me here to stay in this. So I look for my better mm-hmm. days. You know, just just push for your better days. They're coming. They're definitely coming. Absolutely, absolutely, and just an amazing um, and positive um, mindset that you have, and and like I said, I'm completely floored because just reading your story, I'm telling you, I had all different kind of words, like, oh, this, you know, like, (laughs) like, oh, my God, like, this happened, it's like, like, oh, my God, so, yeah, I am really, like, blown away, but I am so um, thankful for you, you know, getting out here and sharing your story because we just never know, you know, uh, what other people are going through. And sometimes people don't always have the voice to speak on the things that they've been through. You know, sometimes it takes someone such as yourself to speak on things and then it allows people to come out and share their stories, you know, of things that have taken place in their lives. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely incredible. And of course, uh, I have to know, is there um, any thoughts of actually making um, your book um, maybe into a film or a movie? 
There is. So keep me in prayer. Uh, Lifetime is actually looking at it. So keep me in prayer. They're, they're very, very interested in it. So keep me in prayer. Lifetime, hopefully there'll be a oh, lifetime. Oh, we need to start. We need to start a petition, and I'm signing it first so that, you, <laughs> so that we can get you on there because, wow, like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I definitely feel that yeah. is definitely uh, something many people can see because your story just shows about, you know, going through um, tragedies but being able to allow um, God to just control you know, take control mm-hmm. of the situation and being able to, you know, not go out and, you know, feeling angry um, and, and feeling upset and, you know, feeling, you know, revengeful um, and so forth, but being able to just heal from it all and, and forgiveness um, is, is the biggest key from it all. And so, of course, I know people want to know uh, where they can go to purchase um, Left for Dead, so tell them where they can go to purchase the book. Uh, you can purchase uh, my book, Left for Day. You can actually purchase a, um, a signed copy at the Survival, uh, S-U-R-V-I-V-A-L, story.org. That's the, the survivalstory.org. Wonderful, 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 wonderful. And, uh, of course, everybody is hip to the uh, social media nowadays. So for those who uh, want to connect with you, uh, tell them where they can go to uh, connect with you at. Uh, you guys can follow me on um, Twitter and Instagram at survival underscore story. And then I'm on Facebook at uh, Ebony Canyon. And I document uh, from me being in the hospital up until now on my pages. I just wanted everybody to kind of, you know, come along on this on this journey yeah. with me and see, actually see God's work in process. So I'm excited and I hope everybody joins me. Absolutely, absolutely, and uh, of course, I definitely want to thank you for coming on here. I've truly enjoyed having you on here, and uh, you definitely give off amazing, amazing, amazing energy, and uh, just just show us all the the power of uh, prayer and forgiveness, and just living our lives, you know, to the to the fullest and, and greatest potential. So, I definitely want to thank you so much for coming on here this evening. I thank you so much for the opportunity to share my story on your show. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. My pleasure. And I definitely will be talking with you again soon. And I hope you have a great rest of your evening. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye-bye. All right, you guys. That was author Ebony Canyon, you guys. Um, as she said, make sure you go to uh, www.survivalstory uh, to purchase her book. Um, make sure you purchase a couple copies. And let's get this, um, her book on Lifetime where it needs to be, folks. So um, let's keep her in prayer and positive energy sent her way um, that these things can happen and take place uh, for her. Uh, so, you guys, we're going to take a little short break. We're going to come back, and I'm going to tell you who's coming up later this week and next week. So, guys, stay tuned right here to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Check out the creative work of the author, Trent Williams, of www.taylorkennedymedia.com. Chapter of the Delta gives us a peek at his life-changing events. And if that's not enough, Trent tells you more about his brothers and his life through memoirs in his book, The Four Horsemen. 
His blogs and daily stimulating quotes are published in his book, Life Little Addictions. And when you have a need of some human coaching of life and relationships, take a look at Conversations with Trent, Volume 1 and 2, and Conversations with Trent, Limited Edition. You will find his works available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all online book retailers. What do you get when you fuse together a smooth, debonair man with an explosive volcano attitude? Mr. Quincy O'Reilly, a man living a secret life that he has perfected in keeping a secret. With his hidden profession, that is how he would prefer it to be. Who doesn't like the element of surprise? A true businessman by day and mysterious man by night. Will he be able to maintain the two without getting caught? Innocent and sweet doesn't mean powerless. Just ask Kaylee Jack, who has now had the chance to encounter meeting Quincy. Driven to stake claim in the one man she wants, she tackles the obstacles thrown her way, determined that nothing will stand in her way could be deadly. What happens when Quincy's secrets are revealed? Who will be set free? Who will be pulled deeper into a mysterious world? Or will the lies and secrets destroy anyone in its path after the smoke from the gun has cleared? Check out Quiet Storm by author Deidre Lachey. Available on Amazon.com and www.blackbeautypresents.com. And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. And, of course, coming up uh, this Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, we're going to have author Teresa Mason Browning, you guys. She's going to be joining us, and we're going to be talking about her book entitled A Black Man's Pain. So it's a dynamic book, um, deals with a young man um, who deals with those abandonment issues that so many um, of our young black men um, from his um, parents and his upbringing and and all the things that goes into that. So he's go, uh, so Teresa's going to be joining us this Thursday at six thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. And I want you guys to go ahead and set your calendars because uh, April twenty seventh. Uh, we're going to have the writer's poet. Uh, he's going to be joining us for his debut of his poetry album release party. So that's going on next Thursday, um, April 27th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we're going to have a great time in the poetry um, field. You guys know how we do it. Uh, last week we had awesome 
um, poetry uh, with Next Level. It was absolutely amazing. So make sure you guys uh, put that on your calendar. Uh, so with that said, folks, we're going to get ready to get out of here, but I hope I see you this Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And as always, the Beautiful Butterfly Shows appreciates all of your support and love. And if you want to be a guest, all you have to do is contact us at thebflyshow at gmail.com. Let us know if you want to be a guest. Um, send your information, and we'll make it happen over here. Or if you have um, some commercial needs um, as well, send us your information, and we can let you know um, our fees and all those great things for that as well. And so we're going to get ready to get out of here, folks. You guys have a dynamic rest of your Tuesday. I'll see you next. I'll see you this Thursday. I am Bianca Fly. Have a good evening. The Beautiful Butterfly Show would like to thank you for tuning in. Please be sure to follow us on Instagram. That's at Instagram.com forward slash The Beautiful Butterfly Show. Also on Facebook.com forward slash The Beautiful Butterfly Show. And last but certainly not least, you can also catch up with us on Twitter. That's at Twitter.com forward slash the Beautiful Butterfly Show. And thank you once again for tuning in on behalf of the Vibration Radio Network.
hopeless and broken, alone and 